Yeah, I, I smacked my microphone because I'm holding it with one hand. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> hi, everybody. Welcome to Buffy Speak. Hey. I'm, I'm Caroline. I'm here with my friend Beth. It's true. Um, and today we'll be talking about season four, episode 13. Mm-hmm. I almost said three. Uh, it's called <laughs> The Eye in Team. Yes. And um, it's all about... The team. <laughs> and, the guys. Uh, yeah, it's just, um, it's kind of, it's more build up, but it's more interesting build up than the last episode. You know, last episode we were talking about how it was kind of just tying up, uh, wait, was last episode the one where Giles got turned into a dinosaur or was that the one before? <laughs> that was the last one. That was last week's? Okay. Um, yeah, you know, it was kind of tying up like the last, uh, the last loose ends before we can move into like the big main plot mm-hmm. and so now this is like getting that started so things that are sweet sweet plot yeah the villains are uh revving their engines and uh it gets pretty crazy it's getting a little bit crazy so we start this episode and um it's Willow and Xander and Anya playing poker, and, oh, Xander has started selling these, like, protein bars yeah, to make money. Yeah, that was money. weird. I, at first, I thought the episode was going to be something to do, like, with yeah, the bars. Yeah, Like, too. that there's going to be... I thought it was going like, to be a band candy thing again, and I was like, didn't we already oh, do this? Yeah, I forgot about that episode. Um, yeah, like, I thought it was going to be, like you know, haunted candy or some shit like that. Uh, but he's just selling the he's bars. He's just I'm selling candy or I'm whatever. I'm wondering if that if that's, like, a joke because maybe it was a big deal. Maybe it was, like, a fad to sell those, like, types of bars mm-hmm. when this episode came out. Like, I'm wondering if it was, like, a social commentary thing and we're just not getting the joke. Right. Because we weren't but, young adults in the early 2000s. Yeah, but also... It's just, it's also just, like, Xander can't get yeah, like, a job. Right, and can't figure out how to make money and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so he's doing that. That's his, that's his thing that's for this episode. Um, Buffy is training with the commandos, which I don't like. I didn't like Forrest this was from really the weird. Like, I know oh, you're not yeah. crazy about... what the hell else is new? Yeah. This guy's so bizarre. I know um, you're not crazy about him to begin with, but, like, he was, like, being weirdly, like... He's like, man, well, Riley's gonna put a girl in charge. And it's like, okay, yeah. Have you seen what she can do? Yeah, and I'm like, like... There's a lot of reasons, I guess, to have problems with that, maybe. But her being a girl is, like, so far down the list, it's laughable. Right. Right? Wouldn't you be like, hey, this girl... Like, I would be more I've concerned been about her, longer. like, taking over... Yeah. Yeah. Or like. anything. <laughs> anything like that. Um, yeah, so she's, like, training with the commandos, and Walsh, like, starts seeing her as a threat, like, once she sees, like, what Buffy can actually do. Um, everybody else is like, they, wow, sure, so I'm glad to have Buffy on the team. Maybe we can get into this now or later. I don't know. It depends, but... Her motivation to me is just so muddy and ill-defined. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm very much in the dark on what's actually happening in her head, which I'm not sure is if it's like supposed to be intentional because obviously you know she's got this whole plan with uh, oh excuse me with, with guy Adam. Adam. Yeah, who is a freak, by the way. Not excited about this. Um, <laughs> but Can I tell you something? Yeah, so... Can you tell me something? I yeah. guess. Oh, tissues fell over. Um, Adam is the worst Buffy villain. He sucks. Yeah. He's boring. Isn't that the season four... Uh, what is it? Trademark? Right. The season four trademark? Well, to I- just be like, it's still okay, but also it's the worst out of the yeah. Buffy... Things. And maybe I can, like, maybe now I can, this is, so we've talked about how, like, for me, this episode is a lot, not as bad as I remember it being, and not as bad as I think a lot of people say it is, um, because it's got a lot of This good, episode specifically? No, this season. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's got a lot of really good qualities that a lot of the other seasons don't have, and I think it introduces a lot of really cool stuff. Um, but I think what really drags it down, like what, like really just, it takes off like so many points is that the arc is crappy and Riley (laughs) and Riley and Riley and Riley doesn't. And like, why is he here? Um, Riley, even though he's here, I've gotten used to him to the point, you know, like when you start eating, like vegetables and at first you like don't like vegetables but then you just get used to vegetables and now you're just like whatever I'll right. eat my vegetables like, right? yeah no it's like my parents um when we were like when I was like 12 or maybe maybe a little older but replaced like stopped buying white bread and started buying wheat bread right yeah and I hated wheat bread because I was like this tastes like and I mean, I don't even know what it tastes like. What I thought it tasted like, because wheat bread is clearly superior. Yeah, but I now distinctly I remember. Now I cannot eat white bread. I cannot. It's eat so white bread. sugary. It's and like the, it's paste. It turns to paste in your mouth. Yeah, it's like I hate so it. I don't even. I barely even like like plain bagels now. Like I like whole wheat bagels too. Mm-hmm. Like everything just tastes better. And I also distinctly remember the day that my family started eating wheat bread too. Yeah, that's funny that we both remember that. Yeah. Um, so so Riley is our wheat bread, except for he's not good for us. Right. No. He's not empty at all. calories. <laughs> uh, yeah. Seven grams of idiot idiocity. Seven idiocity? grams of idiocy. fragile masculinity. Yeah. Um, so, where were we? Oh, yeah, so Professor Walsh, she, like, suddenly starts not liking Buffy. Yeah, and I it think makes it's because no she's realizing, sense. Well, maybe it's because she's realizing that Buffy can't be controlled like the other ones. You know, like, Buffy's asking all those questions and meeting and That's stuff like true. that. And there's clearly, like, um, you know, a higher agenda going on here. Mm-hmm. And the reason that the rest of the commandos, like, haven't figured this out is because they've been trained by the military. And in the military, like, they really do train you, you know, don't ask questions, just yeah, do what you're told. Yeah, that's a big part of this episode is that um, it's kind of planted in Buffy's head by Willow because um, Willow right, yeah, and Xander yeah. and Anya are all talking about the initiative at the beginning of the episode. And they all raise really, you know, okay concerns. They're like, why do we trust these people? Like, right. Like, why should we believe anything they have to say? Um, like, why is Buffy spending so much time around them? I don't trust them. 
Right. And then Willow tells Buffy that um, she's worried, like, she's just worried about the initiative in general and, like, and, you know, why doesn't she, you know, why doesn't she know more about it? And that kind of puts the idea in Buffy's head, like, she's right, I don't know enough. Right. And so Buffy starts asking questions, which kind of, I guess... I think I think that's really what does it because it's after she's been asking all these questions and uh, you know figuring all these things out ahead of the other commandos that Walsh starts being like, okay, this is actually a problem. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's like I think that. Oh, and also, oh, what does it? She knows about three fourteen. Well, she asks Riley. Do you? Yeah. Did they? Did they they show? I might not have been looking. Did they show Maggie hearing about it? Yeah. Oh. Okay, well then that makes sense. Oh wait, wait. No, no I don't they think she did. Her hearing about it, but we saw the the camera Riley's in the room. room. Is bugged. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, which so, also <laughs> she was just watching them do it. She just watched them have sex, do it. And part of me is like, you know, if I was at the point in my life where I was bugging my employees' rooms, <laughs> then like, of course, I'm going to watch them have sex. That's that's like the best that's part a given. about having. Yeah, the camera in the room in the first place. I'm kind of like, yeah, I would also do that. But also, there's like, there's this weird tension between Walsh and uh, and Riley. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's like, um, kind of it's like, like edible? maternal, edible, edible, edible. Oh my god! I was like, <laughs> what? Um, like uh, Oedipus Rex. Right, yeah, no, I hear you now. Um, yeah, I guess it's, like, half professional and then half motherly and then half, like, a like a intense connection, right. you know? Um, not necessarily romantic, right? Because we haven't seen them, like, do anything. She says, like, make me proud. Well, like yeah, it's really kind of like maternal. a, it's kind of like Buffy and Giles, but twisted on its head. Yeah. Like, what if Giles yeah, were corrupt? well, because... Because, yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the the person who's supposed to be in charge isn't a good person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, she's not she's not playing by the rules, whereas... And she's not actually looking out for the people that she's in charge of. Yeah, even though um, she... I mean, like, I, I'm sure she thinks that... Well, I mean, she does say... She kind of... So, with, all, with this whole thing, with Maggie, like, with Walsh, like... It's... It's just, like, this whole thing is just kind of a disservice to her character, which sounds weird because, like, it's not like we've gotten to know her super well, but at the same time, it's like, well, um, she goes crazy in one episode and then dies. Yeah, it's no, like I, there's I hear what no, you're saying. There's no gradient. There's no growth. It does Yeah, and there's also no, like humanitizing moments like she doesn't form any type of connection with Buffy it, I think okay so first of all I didn't even think about that until you just brought it up um but I also th- I actually lost my thought just now um <laughs> but I think we're kind of used to seeing the lines get blurred that was my thought I remembered it um you know with Buffy because that's kind of that's one of the things that it does so well is like who's the good guys who's the bad guys mm-hmm. um and uh you know, there's no line blurring. It's just like she's got like Walsh has a bad vibe from the second you met her in in uh, in class. Yeah, and then and then she just like gets worse, and then it's like, oh, she's just hardcore, and then you get to know her more, and you're like, no, she's just bad. Like there's yeah. not 
there's not anything about her that's like, ooh, how compelling. It's just like this woman is smart and is Frankensteining some dude. Yeah, in her back her office. character, her character is really weird. Um, yeah. like so she um. This just doesn't. Got, it's it's like I think I think I have I think I do have a um, like an actual problem with this, um, with how they did this, uh, um, not because you know, not because Matt, you know Walsh is like any super you know, I don't know. I, it's not like I would want to see more of her, but at the same time, it's like well, you kind of really did like screw the pooch on this one, like so she. Is is it just so when she like when Giles comes into her office and she like rakes him over the coals for not being yeah, a good yeah, dad? Yeah. Like what what purpose does that serve except for like a power play? Like at that point is she like, "Oh, I need but she doesn't know that um Buffy's a slayer." She does, yeah, she, she doesn't, doesn't know even that know Buffy's that a slayer, he's... so she couldn't it's not coming from a I need her on my team standpoint. It's coming from it, I'm an asshole. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah, and maybe she's just a like maybe she's just a mean person or something because they do introduce her as that. Like right. that's like one of her first lines. But but at the same time, it's like okay, so she's like tough. That's fine. She's allowed to be tough, and and she we don't have to like her. Like I'm chill with not liking her. But the motivations are so muddy and right. so like just not very well structured when it comes to her character that when she dies you just don't care i don't i was just like oh what yeah yeah it's like it's yeah that's that was my reaction it's so like it's abrupt i mean and you know that's fine that happens all the time but it's abrupt and you feel nothing and it's like well i guess this is what's happening i guess this is where season four is going because like They've done so, they've, they've done character development, but it's been so over, all over the place that you really just, like, you don't ever form a connection because there's no consistency. Right, and also, you know, like I was saying, is like, there's no good moments. No, like she doesn't, absolutely not. It's not like, it's not like before she realized, uh, you know, of Buffy, before she realized how much of a threat Buffy could be. It's not like she and Buffy, like, had this awesome bonding moment, and Buffy, like, had this female leader in her life. Which, by the way, where the hell is Joyce? Yeah. We haven't, has, seen, we haven't seen Joyce in forever. Has Joyce been in this, in, in this season at all? Yeah, in the beginning, because she answers the phone when Angel calls. Oh, when yeah. When Buffy's at college. Oh, my gosh. One time we've seen Christine Sutherland in this episode, or in this season. Yeah. My- I can't think of any other instances. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. I hadn't even thought of that. What else is happening? Oh, there's, like, this undercurring theme of, like, Buffy's not around anymore. And I don't know why they get so upset about this every single We've time this happens. We've done this, this so many times. We've done this so many times. And, I mean, I have friends that, like, get upset with me for, like, not being around as much. I personally have never, ever been like that. Like, if somebody's like, oh, you know, I've, I'm, I've got plans with these people, I'm always like, all right, see you later. Like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't relate to that. So Willow's like, Buffy doesn't need me anymore. And maybe it's just maybe it's just one of those things where it's like you have somebody who's your best friend and then you can slowly see them becoming like another best friend's person. Right. Or another person's best friend. Another best friend's <laughs> um, person. 
but yeah, so that's like this whole undercurring theme. And at first, like that's kind of driving the skepticism about the commandos, which is also another bit of a disservice because you would think that they would be smart enough to be like something's weird here. Yeah. Just, like, of their own independent thought, not as in, like, Buffy's been hanging out with them yeah. a lot. Don't you think we they're weird? We haven't seen Buffy at all. Yeah. Um, what else is happening? Oh, Spike's got a brand new crypt. Yep, and... Hello, MTV, welcome to my crypt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh... Uh, Giles goes to see him and he pays him and for helping with the dinosaur thing and then Spike is like I don't want to be friends with you anymore and yeah. for no reason it's such a, too <laughs> well it's just so like yeah it I mean it's played more for laughs than anything else it's just like okay Spike sure yeah I guess. whatever um he literally needs them less than 10 minutes later like I haven't taken notes in a really long time but I took notes I took notes um I took notes. Um, so, okay. Yeah, so my... I took four notes. <laughs> um, and I said, this episode is good, but also weird, because, like, Maggie had zero motivation to kill Buffy. Like, there's no reasoning here. Also, who's the mystery henchman? That guy yeah. just shows up. He does. He, he gets, he, he like, gets a cut in. That's along. his introduction. He he uh he gets this introduction where Buffy's like getting this vague tour where it's like oh over here is where we keep these monsters and over here is where we keep these monsters and then they're like down there that's our head of science which also <laughs> like science in general science. he's just head of science he's our science expert he's our and, science man he's a and science so she boy gestures to him and it literally, it cuts in just a little bit, and he, like, nods, and then it cuts away. And then you see him again later, but that's, like, the most you get from him. Well, so yeah. I don't know if we're going to see him again or what. Well, but he's, he's, the seems- one, he's the one that's been working with Maggie on Adam, but, like, who are you? I know. Like, who, who is, who is, is this she? man? Who is this man? Um, um, what else is happening? Oh, Tara wants to give Willow her beautiful oh, rock. Oh, yeah. We which- didn't mention last week, um, but... Uh, Tara was on the episode last week, and it was fine. She was just there. Yeah. There was not much to do. Yeah, it's whatever. They're just trying Um, to establish the Willow and Tara relationship, which is chill. I like that. Yeah, no, I I appreciate the consistency, you know, the fact that they're... You know, the fact that they're putting time in, because usually when people become friends on this show, it's like they experience something terribly traumatic together, and then they're, like, bonded for life, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. Or they... Harry Potter um, style. That's what they do in Harry Potter, too. Or they experience the quickening, and they're just friends for no reason. The quickening? Like, you know, when when something comes into you, like... It's like, it's like when you, like, get a certain, like, a special sort of skill or whatever, like, oh, the quickening came over me. But, like, with this, it's just like, oh, I'm immediately I've never friends. heard that phrase. I don't like, know. I'm gonna Is Google. that a southern phrase? The quickening? The quickening Maybe. came over me. Like, and then, uh, the, and then. The quickening came into me. I'm going to. That's what you said. Google the quickening. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, it's chill. I'm, I'm glad they're kind of, um, developing it naturally. Yeah, and Willow is also keeping Tara a secret from her friends because they go to the bronze and Buffy's like, uh, okay, so first of all, this is, this is skipping ahead a teeny tiny bit. Um, oh, no, it's not. So, um, okay, so they go to the bronze, right? Because, you know, everybody's like, Buffy hasn't really been hanging out with us as much anymore. And so they make this plan where they're like, it's just going to be us, and we're just going to go to the bronze, and we're going to reconnect. And then Buffy shows up an hour late with all of the commandos behind her. 
Yeah. And, and she's I like, just, I could not invite them. And it's like, you absolutely, totally could have not invited them. Well, her reasoning is that they were trying to celebrate her becoming part of the initiative. But I would have literally said, I actually have some special plans tonight. Right. Let's celebrate me another night. So she shows up an hour late with all these people, and then Willow gets put out, and Willow is like, if I would have known that this was, that we could have invited whoever, I would have brought somebody. And Buffy's like, who would you have brought? And Willow says, like, nobody. Yeah. And I'm like, why wouldn't you tell them? Right. And so that's kind of weird. Oh, I just realized, I guess, uh, Tara and Willow did experience the, um... The yeah, hush the episode hush together. Episode, and now I they're like bonded that. for life. Yeah, that's how it is. Apparently, I thought the that quickening was a, is a pregnancy thing. I don't know where I got that from. Yeah, you kept saying the quickening came into me. Like, yeah, well, it's supposed to be like it's it's supposed. And to then be- I got pregnant <laughs> with a baby quickening. <laughs> so no. I don't know. Yeah, you've been walking around telling everybody you're I've pregnant. been saying this, and maybe hold on, wait. The quickening is the receiving of all the power and knowledge another immortal has obtained throughout his or her life. This is from the Highlander series. That's um, cool. It is like receiving the sacrament of, or a massive orgasm. I knew it. I so knew the it quickening, was a sex thing. The quickening, the, when, um, when you become friends with someone, you receive all of their wisdom and, um, what is it, powers? Wisdom and knowledge. Yeah, power and knowledge. That's what happens hmm. when you become friends with someone. That's fun. You receive it into you. The quickening. <laughs> okay. Um, what a fun little side trip we've taken. Oh, yeah. Here. So they go to the bronze. Sorry, I was looking at my notes while you are talking. Okay. Um, oh, so they what? go to the bronze. What? What, do you, sorry, what could no, it possibly no. be? I will. I will. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Please keep talking. Don't apologize. Just say what you want to say. Please keep talking. I don't want to okay. interrupt. So they go to the bronze, and then they get these beepers, and then they all storm off. They're there for, like, 15 seconds total. Did you notice that they all have different beeper tones? Did they really? Yeah, they all had different ones, and I'm like, did you guys, like, coordinate this? Like, they're like, we can't all have the same beeper tone. (laughs) I can't possibly be seen with the same beeper tone as Forrest. (laughs) Um, So they're sent out to get this frog thing, and he has, like, Wolverine-type arms. Claws, yeah. Yeah, bones come out of him, and he beats people up with his bones, which (laughs) seems like something you would want to keep, like, more protected, your bones, but I guess that's not the case. Mm. Um, So, Buffy, she's asking a lot of questions, and that's when Wall starts being like, fuck, I don't know about this girl. And uh, nobody really likes it, and everybody's looking at her like, can we just get on with the mission? Um, And, uh, oh, and Willow goes out to hang out with Tara instead, and she doesn't come home that night. Winky face. And, uh, oh, yeah, that was another very, very super minor subplot is that uh, uh, Willow. No, Willow's like, oh, I'm not dating anybody and everybody else is dating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, there's a good line. There was. She says, um, everybody's getting spanked but me. I was, I thought that was funny. Yeah, that's cute. Uh, And then, oh, yeah, and then there's a montage of, was okay, that I me that to, made the noise? I, I was looking forward to your opinion on that scene. My opinion is that it was a very interesting choice, and I'm not sure why they really made it. <laughs> um, what we got was a montage of Riley and Buffy beating up 
the frog thing that they were sent out to go get. Yeah. And it's it's the, like in it slow came motion. From the Black Lagoon. Yeah, Black that's straight Lagoon. up what it looks like. And uh it's in slow motion and it's also intercut with Riley undressing buff like they undress each other and they make out. And I'm not sure if this is a thing that like actually happened or if it's supposed to be like what they're thinking about while they're doing uh, it. No, they while they're beating. Okay, so you think it was real? Well, yeah, I mean, because... A, I don't, I don't know, like, where this was taking place, and B, they have sex, like, right after, right? And then Walsh is watching them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm not really sure. It's very hazy, it's dreamy, it's, it's kind of hot. If, it's, if I liked Riley, I would be like, right, this is right. hot. Right, right. It's an but interesting... Instead, I was like, stylistic choice the show yeah big time the show's not usually very like stylized it's usually pretty straightforward i find the show to be very stylized but i agree that that was out of the normal style well oh yeah so i guess that's what i meant it's like right yeah i think it is what you meant because it's pretty it's pretty different from the the kind of language that the show has built big time yeah um there Um, there's do you remember um uh, I want to say it's in season two. Um, there's an episode where they play this music. Because Buffy, this show does not do music. Not really. Like, it's, they're, like, there are sometimes songs. And, like, at the bronze there's music. But the show doesn't, like, play, like, the hits of the 90s in, to wrap up their, you know, at the end of every episode or whatever. Like, I'm thinking of, like, Pretty Little Liars or, like, House or something like that. that I'm not familiar music. with either of those shows. I'm going to pay more attention to the audio next episode. It's just, it was interesting to me. It's always interesting to me and it always sticks out to me when they decide, when they do, like, focus on a song. Uh-huh. Because it happens so rarely. Um, and this pl- this one, I liked the music. I thought it was really interesting. It was, like, an instrumental kind of, um kind of thing but they don't ever do that like it happened it happened um during oh shoot what's it called what's the season two finale called it happened during innocence innocence no innocence i love innocence um actually i think it might have happened in innocence too but um or maybe maybe not innocence but maybe surprise maybe the episode before when they have sex but in the season two finale, they, after Buffy kills Angel, there's a song. And, and it doesn't happen that often. And so when it does happen, I notice it. And I'm like, why do you, like, and I'm always super interested. Like, why is this? Like, obviously, after Buffy kills Angel, like, that, it's a pretty powerful moment. Right. And, you know, that song. Michelle Branch, or whatever her name is, it guests on don't act episode. like you don't know Michelle Branch's name. Well, I can't remember. Don't if even it, pretend for a second that you don't know. I don't who remember Branch if it is. is Michelle Branch because they get her and Vanessa Carlton mixed up constantly. That's fair. That's a fair mix up. Um, <laughs> so I can't remember if it's Michelle Branch or Vanessa Carlton, but one of them is on an episode of Buffy as a musical guest. In the future. I think it's Michelle Branch because I remember you tweeting about or telling me about Michelle Branch before. So, um, that's another, that's another scene where they do music. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that <laughs> it's always very interesting to me when they use music because they almost never do. And this, right. they decided that this scene was, 
going to be one of them because we've all been waiting so long for Buffy and Riley to do it. We've all just been waiting on the edge of our seats for this relationship to get consummated. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Um, Okay, so they beat the thing up, and then they do actually go and have sex afterwards, and Walsh watches it from her little... creepy uh, spy cave. Yeah, her cave. Um... (laughs) <laughs> she watches it from it her cave Michelle while Branch. Riley's going so into Buffy's cave. Oh my gosh. Get it? I refuse uh, to acknowledge what you just said. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, okay, then uh, Spike gets, he's getting traced. Oh yeah, that was another thing that happened. So yeah. before they before they start beating up the frog thing and like have sex with each other, uh, they see Spike running around and they shoot him with a tracker. They like, they can't get to him, but they implant a tracker in his back, which is making me squirm thinking I know, about they, it. Listen, if you thought about the time frame, which I did, um, they took like, it, it seemed like they took hours to dig this they, out of his back. They did, oh, they did what? It seemed like it took Giles and Anya and Xander and Willow right. hours yeah. to dig this hours, out of his back. Yes. But it doesn't make sense because, like, wh- and this is just, it, this is really just, like, me nitpicking. But, like, Giles, if he spent so long trying to get that tracer out, and he fi- when they finally did it, he like f- he's like, oh, I found it. And he pulls it out. He... Spike's back would be carved open. Yeah. And and his hands would be covered in blood. Like Yeah. He I think w- it's a suspense thing. I think that's the reason they did it. Yeah, and like and it just it just bothered me so I think it might have also been an editing thing. Yeah. Like same. I think the editing made it seem like it went by a lot longer than it did. Yeah, and it was also, like, they were letting you know what everybody else was doing simultaneously, because at that point, when they send that group to go get Giles, and or to go get Spike, and Spike is being operated on, that's the same time that Buffy is being sent off to her death. So there were a lot of other things going on, so I think it was just taking a long time to get in between each different... um, Yeah, I think the editing might have been a little wonky here, because it really does feel like, like... And maybe in-universe it might have just taken, like, 10, 15, 30 minutes. Um, But it just felt like it went on so long. Yeah, it did. Um, Um, So they, yeah, they're operating on Spike. Oh, yeah, Walsh. Okay, so Walsh sees them have sex. The next morning she calls Riley in, and he doesn't ask any question. He just gets up and goes in. And then she calls Buffy in and sends her off to die. That's the plan. Right. Um... And, uh, let's see, let's see. Walsh sends Buffy out. Okay, then Willow is performing a spell on the area to, like, ionize the atmosphere is what they said. Yeah. And they're trying to, like, block the tracer signal, and it works, and they're trying to give themselves more time. Um, Buffy is sent down into the sewers, so she's running around with this weapon that she thinks is gonna work, and it doesn't actually work. Right. And she gets down there, and there are two of those frog things, and they both have axes. And my question <laughs> is, where did they get axes? <laughs> and, uh, and so Buffy goes down there, and she goes to shoot one of them and the gun like electrocutes her it shocks her so she drops it and she's fighting all these things and they're you know they're not winning they never do right and um and then oh yeah and she was wearing this headset that uh walsh gave her 
and it like monitors your heart rate and stuff like that and it's got a camera on it mm-hmm. and um the thing falls off of buffy and it hits the ground but it, it happened at like an opportune moment and it looks like buffy dies on the screen because her her thing flatlines um mm-hmm. because it's not reading her heart anymore so walsh thinks buffy's dead um the the rest of oh yeah and then they get the thing out they get the tracer out of um spike what's his name spike and they flush <laughs> it down the t- <laughs> they flush it down the toilet which is smart i didn't even think of that i thought xander was going to try to run with it um but yeah i thought that was super smart so they flush it down the toilet and then the commandos they can't trace it anymore so they head back to headquarters and Riley's like, hey, sorry, we couldn't get, um, we couldn't get Spike. And then Walsh is like, Walsh is a terrible liar. Like, for somebody who has so many yeah. high-priority secrets, she's a terrible liar. And she's <laughs> That's like... so true. Walsh is like, Riley, I did everything I could to stop her. But she's dead. Like, that's how she tells him. And he, he, like, starts panicking. And then Buffy obviously isn't dead because nobody can kill the Slayer. Right. And she she gets down in front of the camera and she's like, if you thought that, uh, if you thought that your two demons could kill me, then you really don't know what a Slayer is. But I guarantee you, you're going to find out. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I love that part. Mm-hmm. I was so excited. Um, and then... What else? Oh, and then Buffy, like, she, oh, Riley realizes what's actually going on. He gets mad and he leaves and Professor Walsh is like, Riley, Riley! I, like, that, she's, okay, she's so crushed. That's another problem I have with this episode. So, um, Riley just witnessed attempted murder. Like, yeah. Riley just saw his mentor try to straight up kill his girlfriend and what does he do? He walks away. He walks away. Like, I, it, it's. That's an interesting point. It, he just, he just, he just turns on his heels and walks away. And like, it's just like, what, what are you doing? Like, yeah, you he doesn't like make a scene. You can arrest her. Yeah. And he also like, doesn't even, he doesn't seem to like tell anybody else what's happening like it's not like he goes to his friends and is like yo you're not gonna believe what professor walsh did like he just leaves um buffy goes home and tells everybody though and she walks in she's like they can't be around like while we're around and then we see professor walsh monologuing to herself um and she's about what you have no idea it's (laughs) it's just vague threatening statements like, uh, oh no, Beth cut out. Beth, are you there? Uh, are you there? It was, you were, you were doing the weird, slow, metallic voice thing, but now it's better. Yeah, that was happening to me too. This is, these are the cons of trying to do a podcast long distance. It's hard, um, you guys. It's really hard. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so... Walsh is monologuing, just giving, like, these vague threats to nobody in particular, just walking around being like, they'll see, they'll see, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then she's, like, checking out her little monster man, and then out of nowhere, he stabs her in the back and stands up behind her and says, Mommy, as she drops to the ground dead. Yeah, And that's the end of the episode. And I'm wondering, because I was looking at this whenever she was walking around the table, like, spouting nonsense, 
He, wasn't he chained to the table? Um, yeah, he was definitely restrained. Like, he was restrained at one point, and then at the very end of the episode, he stands up. Yeah. And I'm like, weren't you tied down? Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure. I guess. Yeah, like, I just don't really know what's going on with that. Which I guess I'm not supposed to. I guess that's the whole point. Like, I'm not just gonna automatically know everything, but... Right. But I'm still kind of, like... I feel like not a whole lot of suspense has been built up. Like, we've... I guess we've been talking about 314 for a while, and the, we've we've heard that all the other demons are super scared of whatever 314 is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, And that's it- the end of the episode. So, I'm excited for... I really feel like Buffy's gonna defeat Adam in, like, you know, maybe two tries. Like, one try just to see what he is and figure him out, and then the second try she'll be, like, done. Right. But who's to say? There's Who only one way to find to out. Who is to say? Yeah. Um, um... So, I give this episode... Like, a 7.5. I was going to give it the exact same thing. Yeah, it's a. Uh, we're getting pretty good. At the beginning, we were like not really on the same page, but mm-hmm. now we're we're syncing up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was interesting. There was a lot of things going on. It moved the plot forward. Um, a couple of funny moments. Um, uh, you know, a good balance of uh, Scooby, Buffy, and Scooby Gang interaction, and then Buffy like fighting monsters and doing the thing. You know. Yeah, I thought I thought this was pretty. Um, it was just, yeah, it, this is, you know, it shows what season four has to offer, which is, you know, it's pretty, it can be pretty goofy, and I think the humor's on point in a lot of, a lot of ways. Um, uh-huh. It's got Tara and Spike, which yes. I'm always down for, which, by the way, uh, after um, the last episode, um, Tara's going to appear in, like, every episode. Cool. Now. Which I'm down for. I love her so much. I uh, love her. I love her. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was goofy. There was some, I think, pretty weird missteps that, you know, they could have. Just some, just some, oh, more eyes on the editing room would be, would be helpful, I guess. But, um, it's not the worst, definitely. And I, it was fun. I think it was just kind of like, oh, okay, this is where season four is going. I'm, I'm yep. here. I'm along for the ride. I agree. I'm excited to get to the next bit, right? Like, well, I feel like I've I've been sufficiently fluffed. You know, right, like yeah. I'm like I'm like okay, I get it. I see I see who all the players are now. I see what their goals are. Let's get dirty. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be exciting. Let's uh, get and, down and, and dirty. <laughs> Let's get down and dirty. Get down and dirty with us next week, everybody. Uh, we're going to be watching season four, episode fourteen. I don't know what it's called. I'll probably know next. week. I was but just about to look I up. Might. I was just about to. I'm on the Buffy Wikipedia page right now. I'm looking she's up what the episode is called. Everybody, she's looking. I it up. feel like it might be. Who are you? <laughs> nope. It's goodbye Iowa. All right. Goodbye Iowa. Yes. Um, and and goodbye Buffy listeners. Yes. Well, real Get it? quick, because we're the Buffy speakers. <laughs> Oh, very good. And they're the Buffy listeners. We We've come up with a name for our fans four seasons in. <laughs> As if we have fans at all. Real quick, guys. Um, 
just before just before we we sign off for good. So, um, if you live in the continental United States, you've probably heard about. If you live anywhere, you've probably heard about what's going on in uh, coastal Texas. Um, it's it's pretty horrible down there. Um, and if you are able to, uh, you should um, you should Google links to uh, reputable Houston um, charities that will actually do some good. Um, but if you are able to, I would encourage you to donate money because natural disasters, um, cities can take years and years and years to recover. Um, and it would just be really cool if you could do that. I, um, we can, um, I've actually seen a lot of Twitter threads going around with lists of, uh, good charities to donate that operate in Houston locally. Mm-hmm. So we could find one of those threads and retweet it to the Yeah, yeah, page. yeah. That would be great. I will do that yeah. on the Twitter account. Um, but just, yeah. uh, yeah, keep them, keep them in mind. It's going to be a really long and hard road for them, for the, for all of those cities that are right by the coast. So, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to do that because it's very sad natural natural disaster sucks and a lot of people lot of people will be displaced because of this and it's not their fault and they should get the help that they need right kids have i mean kids have lost school supplies people have lost cars yeah like and even even when even when the waters go down mold damage right um lots of things are going to need lots of things are going to need working on and they're going to need a lot of money to do it so yeah Awesome. Well, we will be back next week with Goodbye Iowa. Oh, I'm going to Dragon Con, and I'm going to see Charisma Carpenter and uh, Nicholas Brendan. That's super cool. I didn't know you were seeing them. I'm super psyched, and they have a they have a Buffy. Uh, there's a musical episode, and they have a Buffy single. They have a Buffy horror picture show, is what they call it. And they play the musical episode, and you can sing along. And I'm super psyched. So I'm going to let you guys great. know how that goes. I'm going to have a lot of fun. Yep. Okay, guys, talk we will talk week. to you later. Bye. Bye.